So we're continuing our how-to series, and it is, I'm going to be speaking this morning about how to relate, and relate is very much part of our, our focus for this year. Um, granted, I only have about 35 minutes to do how to relate, so we're going to, we might not cover all the ground. <laughs> That's an awfully big topic. But what I want to do is look at our vision, um, the original vision that Paul brought to us as a church, and then focus on Rooted. And how can we be rooted to relate? So if you have, um, if you've been part of this church for a while, or if you've been to one of our, re- one of our um, new to church gatherings or socials after church, you'll have heard Paul and Sarah articulate our bigger vision about the trees. Um, and there are characteristics of us as trees that they want for us to, that's our, that's our vision, our heartbeat for the, the how that we go about our church life here at Breathe New Life. So we were absolutely Jesus-centered wholeheartedly. We are rooted, which is what we've taken as this year's focus. We are together, we are broad, and we are far-reaching. And I want to look at Um, the concept of trees, of the world around us, of nature, to help us understand how we can be rooted to relate up above, to be the together, the broad, the far-reaching, that we believe God really wants and has a heart for, for this church, for this local community, for this city, as well as wherever God takes us. So, I've got some props here. This is my plants are. (laughs) So I have here a plant. So I'm looking at rooted to relate. I'm looking at how can the roots that we have in our lives, what we are rooted to in a relational dynamic, how can they help us? How, what, what can we take from God's wonderful design in nature to make sure that we are truly rooted in such a really healthy, wonderful way that we can be effective and used by God every which place that he sends us? So here I have a potted plant. It does have roots. It is real, as the passenger seat of my car will attest to when I took a roundabout a little bit too fast yesterday, and half of the pot is in the footwell. We'll sort that out later. Um, So it has a root system. It is in a pot. It's not really going to get much bigger than this. It is limited by its pot. And it is absolutely and totally alone. It's also something that I can move over here with not much bother. And I can put it down over there. Just like that. I mean, I won't because it doesn't look pretty there. I'm going to bring it back over here. But it's easily immovable and no one else around it is really affected when it moves around. Because it's alone and it's limited in its root structure. So first takeaway... I love stating the obvious. You can't relate on your own. You cannot. It's impossible to relate to. It's in relation to nothing. It might look pretty. It's in relation to nothing. Now, Genesis 2 says that God said in creation, back at the very beginning of time, when all of this, when the original design was articulated, it is not good for man to be alone. It might be pretty, but it's not really any good for man to be alone. And he goes on to say, I will make a helper suitable for him. So, which leads me to my next prop. Last time I preached, I had a whiteboard and we were about 80% successful. So now we're playing with dirt. So let's see what happens. Okay. We have a tray of plants. 
These will, depending on what happens with the weather later, be in my garden. But for now, they're in a tray. These are six plants together in a pot or in a tray. Now, if anyone has ever tried to plant plants out of a tray like this, you know you have to kind of pull them apart a little bit to get them in, make this a little nice, satisfying ripping sound. Um, but these are this, so this tells me this is not its permanent home. It tells me also that roots are actually designed to mesh together. They quite like what's going on with the other plant, and there's some relationship going on. So we're going to mesh ourselves together a little bit. But these plants, again, are not going to get much bigger. And the kinds of plants that you buy in a tray like this, and this is as far as my gardening knowledge goes, are, going to, are those like kind of annual, biannual, you can't, these aren't going to really last for a very long time. Again, it's not their permanent home. They're quite easily moved. There's not, there, are, there is root structure, there is relationship, but there's not much strength to that root structure. And then, because I couldn't bring a flower bed with me, we have these. These might look familiar to people who've lived in Stoke for all of five minutes. Most of us have probably graced this place many a time. We've got flower beds. These are where we start to see lots of different kinds of plants coming together. There's some variety. We've got one singular plant. We've got all of the same. We've got some variety going on in our flower beds. And these flowers are starting to get a bit bigger. And they're starting to spread a little bit. And we're starting to see some, albeit decorative, topiary. Is that the right word? Thank goodness for that. Um, going on. We've got, and I can only imagine, although I don't think Trentham Gardens would welcome me going along with a spade to confirm this, but there's probably a lot of roots going on underneath there. They're starting to get a bit thicker and a bit chunky. We've got some roots going on. But that's still not, that I think, although it's beautiful, they're still restricted a little bit. And those trees, they, they, are, they, they have to stay small because they are constrained. This is man-made. This is not what God intended. This is what God intended. This is beautiful. This is a wood. This is, for the first time, trees. This is where we have trees, and an English woodland in particular, but I imagine many woodlands across the whole world, these trees have been here for a long time. They're really strong. They're together. They're long-standing. They're well anchored in the ground. And what happens in between all the trees is that because of their strength and their substance and therefore what they supply to the ground, other life can, can flourish. What a beautiful image. These trees are what God intends. These trees, I believe, are part of that vision that Paul had. You're not called to be a tree. I'm not called to be a tree on the top of a hill. I'm called to be part of a forest on top of a hill. We all are. We're all called to be together. We're all called to be far-reaching. We're all called to be broad. But for those relationships on top of the ground to be such, we need to be well-rooted beneath the ground. And the wonder about a woodland is that all of these trees, their roots are all mixed up. And they're all interwoven with each other. 
And we're all here relating to each other to make ourselves stronger and grounded and anchored in a life that is going to flourish so that we can reach other people, whether that's our next door neighbor, the person in the supermarket, the person at the school gate, the person in our workplace, the person in our classroom, or the person who's just received a wheelchair. We can all, we can, we, that's what our design is. So for us to relate on top, we need to relate really well underground. And that's what I want to look at today. I want to look at the importance of community. You're part of a community. You're part of my community. I'm hopefully, I'm a part of yours as well. But in varying degrees, and that's okay. We need to have wisdom to know the difference. That we relate in different ways to different people. And again, that's okay. Because at one point or another, we all come together. And everyone gets covered. And everyone gets reached. If we all play our part and own our part. And aspire to be that tree in the forest. Proverbs 27, 17 says, As iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. And some translations say friend, but this one says person. And I love that because what it says to me is that, is that um, I can, it can be anyone who sharpens me. It doesn't have to be the person who's right next to me. It can be anyone. I can learn from anyone to keep me sharp, to keep me effective. So my second takeaway, perhaps, is don't write that person off. Don't write off the people who are different. And I'm going to get to that in, a, in one of the uh, points that I'm going to make. Let's be open to learn from everyone, to keep ourselves sharp, effective, and have a heart for those people. Okay, so I finished biology when I was 16, which, and the last time I preached, I told you my age. It was a long time ago. So... Full disclaimer, the biology might not stack up, but the illustration is very helpful, okay? So come with me. We've got a picture of a root system. And this is, I understand, a fairly typical root system of a tree. Because if we want to be trees and not a pot plant, God doesn't want that for you. That's not God's best. If we are to be trees, then we need to make sure that our root system is present and healthy, so I want to look at the different types of roots in a typical tree root system and look at what those mean if we were to put them through a relational lens. Now, what I will say right now is all of us, because we all do this, we're all human, we will always default to, if that's my tree, who are my roots? I've already said we are roots to other people. So I need you to have both lenses going on at the same time. Who are my roots in, this, in, this, in my world? But also, am I being the right root to the right person as well to help them be the tree that God has called them to be? So come with me on both, way, on both journeys at the same time. Okay, so the first root that I want to look at here, you'll see that in the middle of every tree, there is more, one, but perhaps more than one, but not many deep roots. The deep roots are the anchors. The deep roots grow straight down into the well-drained soil, making these trees strong, anchored to the ground, not moving, firm in their foundation. These, I believe, first and foremost, let's not get away from it. Yes, we're going to talk about different people and how we relate to each other, but Jesus must be your deep root. There might be other people, 
And he might actually be the other roots as well in many guises, but he must absolutely be your deep root if you are to withstand the storms of this world. And if you are to be effective in telling other people about Jesus, if he's not your deep root, then how on earth can you tell other people that he's worth living for? You've got to have Jesus as your anchor. And if he, ha if he isn't there, then that's okay. We're all on a journey. That root grows. That root gets deeper. So have, there's a grace for that. Don't feel like all of a sudden I have to switch off. It's not applicable to me or... I'm not perfect because I haven't got that deep root. No, today let's, but let's fix that today. If you're feeling a tug on your heartstring by the end of this message that I wish that Jesus was my deep root. Gosh, I need him to be. God, I want you to be. Then we can pray a prayer later and make sure that we get that firm foundation right at the outset before we start looking anywhere else. So if that's your one takeaway, hallelujah. <laughs> So Jesus is your deep root. But there might be other people. There might be people who are the, your nearest and dearest, the people you can be completely and ugly unfiltered. <laughs> the people who get the absolute worst version of you but still love you and will still build you and encourage you and call you to account and perhaps challenge you and keep you sharp. Who are those people in your world? Is it your spouse Is it a family member? Is it one of your closest friends that you've gone through thick and thin with? Who are your deep roots that are going to keep you anchored? People who you trust implicitly with your life. People who you know will actually, who will fight for you and contend for you when the going gets tough. People who are going to stand in the gap for you. People who call you out, people you, who trust you and you trust them. You can have healthy conflict with. That's a good thing because it keeps us sharp and it makes sure that it checks our understanding. Don't ever be afraid of that. Hebrews 6:19 says, We have this as a sure, this being our hope in Jesus, a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul, a hope that enters into the inner place behind the curtain. Is Jesus your sure and steadfast anchor today? And if he isn't, then don't leave this place without us helping you find that. That would be our absolute privilege. Okay, so that's deep roots. Okay, the next route is some of the thicker ones still up there. Going kind of, starting to go horizontally across the top. Still quite thick. These are called feeder roots. And... When I was looking at them and sort of trying to think, God, what are you trying to tell me about this kind of route? I was a bit surprised that they actually still don't, they don't actually go down that far. Because these feeder roots are, um, they actually only grow typically about three inches beneath the top surface of the, of the ground. But that's where life is. That's where the nutrition is in the ground. That's where all the nutrients from all the leaves and the mulch and the, the organic matter breaking down. That's where all the nutrition is. That's where the water first goes. That's where sunlight gets if it's going to get anywhere. That's where all the good stuff is. They feed the tree. These people are the people who give life to your relationship. These are your close 
friends. These are your circle of people who you rub alongside with. These are people who you have fun with, who there is vibrancy to your life because of these people. They energize you. They do you good. They bring out the best in you. They champion you. They share their world with you. They come alongside and sit in your dirt with you, and you can sit in theirs. They share their dirt with each other, but they teach and they encourage. As I said, when last time I spoke, I said I turned 40. And rather than having a big old party, because I was like, I love going to big parties, but don't make me the center of attention at all. But also, in a big old party, everyone comes, but how many people do I actually get to speak to? And I realized that actually what I was really craving from my friends and my family was quality time. I really wanted it. I was like, when was the last time I had a proper put-the-world-to-rights kind of conversation with my friends? So what I did was I sent out a big old message. And I said, I don't want presents. I'm not having a party. But what I would like you to do is spend some time with me. And you can treat me if you want. <laughs> That'd be lovely. Or if it's spag bowl around your kitchen table, or we're taking the dogs for a walk, I don't mind. I'm all in for that. I just want to spend time with you. That's what I really wanted because I realized that actually, somewhere deep down, the feeder roots in my life, I knew I had them, and when push came to shove, I know that people have got my back, but when was the last time we rubbed alongside and we did life with each other? So I'm having a great time, by the way. It's lovely. I've got some wonderful friends. Um, but who are those people to you? They're most likely people who you've got core similarities with as well. They're, 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 they're like-minded in many a way. Now, for, um, for Moses, he had a couple of feeder routes right here in Exodus 17, verses 10 to 13. So Joshua fought the Amalekites as Moses had ordered, and Moses, Aaron, and Hur went to the top of the hill. As long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. When Moses' hands grew tired, they, Aaron and Hur, took a stone and put it under him and he sat on it. Aaron and Hur held his hands up, one on one side, one on the other, so that his hands remained steady till sunset. sunset. So Joshua overcame the Amalekite army with the sword. Moses needed some feeder roots who've got, who were going, you've got this. <laughs> we're with you. We're alongside you. We're not going to let you fall. We're going to sit in the dirt with you and we're going to see this out. That was Aaron and her. I would also say that for Joshua, Moses was his deep root or one of, because he was contending on behalf of Joshua to win. And this is where you start to see the beautiful dynamics of relationship um, starting to come alive. So who are your feeder roots? Because whilst it is all a lot about fun and encouragement, also when push comes to shove, those people have got your back, but also you have theirs. Who are they? The third type of root back in the image is we're starting to get, it's like all the, like the messy kind of ones around here. And they're called sprawling roots. I like a sprawling root. I like the word. Trees standing together. So again, if you think, well... You might never have thought about the biology of a tree. Welcome. You are today years old. So a tree has a canopy. This is, I told you, biology are like, I can write things, but I can't do biology. Has a tree, there's branches. The roots reach further than the branches. So in a forest, this is the sprawling roots are actually where 
all the intertwining starts to happen. Because I have my kind, my similarities, my people, people who I rub alongside, do life with, and then I have the people who are different to me. People who perhaps, we're not like in each other's life in the thick and thin, but they're very much in my life. I'm very much friendly towards them. I like them. You know, I see each other, we, but we're all very different. And we bring, diff, we bring a different flavor, a different vibrant vibe to our, to our lives. This is where community starts to happen. This is where I believe church starts to happen. Because let's be honest, if it wasn't for the house of God, would we see such a beautiful, vibrant, eclectic mix of people all sat in the one room under the one name of Jesus with a common ground? We are a whole load of sprawling roots to each other today, people. And that is a beautiful thing. We are friendly. We bring variety. We provide interest. We also have different perspectives on things. And again, that is a great, good thing. It is healthy. We talk differently. We live differently. We come from different backgrounds. These people introduce us to new people. These are the networking routes. These are the people who go, oh, you should meet this person. And we start to make connections. These people are important. They shape us. They keep us open. They keep us acceptable, accessible and approachable. And this is where we need to have balance. Because, and this is where we need to trust the forest. Because if I see someone and they say, oh, you should meet so-and-so, or we start, we, I see someone and I'm friendly towards them and I like them, I've got my deep roots, I've got my feeder roots, and I need sprawling roots, but we cannot all be feeder roots to each other and we can't all be deep roots to each other. It is exhausting and also not always appropriate. So we need to trust the forest. This is where we all as a community work together to reach people. I can reach people you can't. My kid goes to a school that perhaps your kids don't go to. You shop in a different place than I shop. You go for coffee in a different place than I go to. We all, as a community, work together to reach and relate to the people who don't know God yet. We have to trust the forest. Matthew 9, verse 9 to 13. I mean, the best person, the most perfect person in relating was Jesus. So if I didn't give an example of Jesus relating then I've missed a trick. Matthew 9 says, As Jesus went on from there, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, he told him. And Matthew got up and followed him. And while Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, Why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. But go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice, for I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Jesus' Jesus's sprawling roots were the tax collectors. They had very little in common, but Jesus sat down with them because he's like, not only do I want to learn from you, but I know you need to learn from me. And he sat down. And he was friendly towards them. Did, only Matthew, out of that whole group of people, made it into his inner circle, into his, was called as an apostle and a disciple. But they all had the accessibility and the access and the time and the company of Jesus. They were the sprawling roots to Jesus. Who are your sprawling roots? Have you got opportunities to go and find 
sprawling roots. If not, let's, get, let's work together to make sure that no one is missing. Finally, the final part of the roots that we have are these little teeny tiny ones all around the edge. And these are the root branches. And these are the relationships. These are the periphery people. These are the people in the supermarket. These are the people who serve you your coffee. These are the opportunities. Most new root growth occurs at the end of existing roots, which is why we should never write those people off. Because that's where there's salvation. That's where we get to, through what we know and who we know, and all of us working together, find people who don't know Jesus. And we get to connect them into the lifeblood of his house, of his church. Don't write anyone off. These people inform us. These people keep us sharp. And we learn from these people. But obviously also at the same time, they are root branches. They are not feeder roots or deep roots. Sometimes in all of this, when we're so desperate and need to make sure that everyone's included, we also need to have wisdom and go, I have boundaries too. So I'm not saying don't write anyone off and there's something very unhealthy going on. There's a boundary. You need to do protect yourself. But trust with those. Trust that other people have got them. Pray that other people have got them. Because again, they're going to be meshing with the vast cacophony of the whole forest. That is a beautiful thing. And as long as we are interceding and standing in the gap for them and making sure that they are not cut off entirely, then there is hope for their future. So please have wisdom. But don't write them off. 1 Corinthians 12 says, there should, there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is part of it. We should have equal concern for each other. So I am absolutely concerned about my deep roots, my feeder roots, my sprawling roots, and my branches. I relate to them differently, but I have absolute concern for them because every one of them matters. And to someone else, my root branch is a feeder root. We need each other. We need to work together. We need to relate to each other. We need to build with each other up. We need to turn up because, guys, we are in here because we are the church, we are in here because for the most part of us, we all know who Jesus is. There is a whole world out there, a world outside your window that has no idea who he is. It takes a village to raise a child. It takes all of us. And that includes the people across the road in that community. It includes the city. It includes the country. It includes the nations. And God is, it's God's business where he sends us. But be willing be ready. Don't write off the opportunity to relate. So back to the image of the woods. That's God's intention. I believe that's an illustration of God's original design for relationships and also for his church. It is a healthy habitat for life to flourish. A healthy tree has all of those roots present. Now again, you've probably naturally been thinking, I need 
these people are my roots. That's great. I've got that root. I've got that root. Yep, yep, yep. Have you thought, have I got, am I being the right root to the right people? What root are you being? Because for some, you are, you are a deep root. For some, you are a feeder. For some, you are sprawling. For some, you are root branches. And again, wisdom to know what's needed and what's appropriate. That's how we relate. To not write anyone off, but to act with wisdom. But the quality and variety of your roots that you've got will strengthen your ability and capacity to stay planted, to stay healthy, and to stay effective for all that God has in store for you and for the people around you on the top of the canopy. If we are to be far-reaching, those that reach needs us to be rooted and related. If those relationships are going to flourish, if we're going to find those people who don't know God, if we're going to go to where God sends us, whether it's Uganda or Aldi, other supermarkets are available, just came to mind. We need to work together. We need to make sure we are rooted in the right way to relate in the right way. So my question to you this morning is do you have gaps in your root system? How do you know? I always start with the end in mind. So do a little bit of a gap analysis, if you will. What's missing? And how do I know what's missing? What is my life lacking? Do I wobble easily? Am I easily swayed? Do I move easily? Then I would argue, where is your deep root? I'm not saying it's not Jesus. But are there other people around you who are keeping you sharp and calling you out and building you up? Have you got people who encourage you, who sit in the dirt? Have you got people who you can call upon? Have you got people who are in speaking life and sharing hilarious stories and bringing some vibrancy to your life and making light of hard situations sometimes in a good way? to bring perspective, to bring hope. Have you got those people? If not, perhaps we need to work on our feeder roots. Is everyone the same? If you think about your relationships, is everyone the same? We all think the same. We're from the same background. We like the same things. Perhaps we've neglected or written off perhaps those sprawling roots that bring variety. And have you written anyone off? Now again, balance it with wisdom. But have you written someone off? Have you dismissed them for no particular reason? Perhaps they need another opportunity. Have you got gaps in your roots? And like I said at the start, we're going to have some time to, re- to think about this, to spend some, take some time on our own to consider this. Because that's a challenging, that's a challenge, I admit. I've been challenged writing this. But you might actually say, Steph, the first thing you said, I haven't got a deep root to speak of. So before I think about any human being and human relationship, I need to consider my relationship with Jesus. Could it go deeper? Does it need to be invited for the first time so I want to give some time for all of us to respond in a different way so let's bow our heads and let's invite God and Holy Spirit in 
Holy Spirit, you have, and God, you've designed us to be in community. It is not good for man to be alone. It is not good for us to be on our own, to be isolated, to be easily moved and swayed. It is not good for us to be complacent. It is not good for us to be with just like-minded people all of the time. What is good is community. And so, Father, I pray right now for every single one of us as we take time to consider our own roots and how rooted are we to be able to relate as the trees that you have called and designed and purposed us to be. Are there gaps, God? Who am I missing? Or who, God, is missing me? Would you speak to us? Would you challenge us? Would you prompt us, nudge us to start relating in a way that relates appropriately to those people? God, I thank you for your design of church and of community that means that no one is lost. No one is able to be. If they are, that's on us. Help us to reconnect. Help us to re-engage. Help us to re relate to people and God I pray for those people who in here are considering you perhaps for the first time or who know deep down that you are not a deep root in their lives I thank you for that prompt for that nudge and I pray now for the courage and the bravery for each of those people to respond to invite you in to invite you to go deeper, to invite you to take up a solid anchor position in their life. For anyone who wants to respond today, spend this next song doing so. If you want to stay sat, that's fine. If you want to stand and join us in worshipping our God and declaring his kingdom and praying for it to be built within us, then please do so. There's a prayer team at the end as well who are available to the um, right-hand side of the stage. Your left, my right. Please do respond if you need to. It's a safe space. It's a trusted place. If you need to respond by inviting God in and you don't know how to do that or what that means, come over. It would be our privilege to pray with you. But let God minister to you. And my prayer is that we would all leave this place confident in our root system and excited for what God's got in store for us as we continue to be rooted to relate.